transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in healthcare delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. Our topic today is a multidisciplinary sickle cell pulmonary clinic. My guest is Dr. Alvin Singh. He is an assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Missouri-Kansas City School of Medicine. Dr. Singh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, let's first just talk about sickle cell for a moment. We know that there's a lot of comorbidities um, with the disease. So tell us a little bit about um, sickle cell, the comorbidities, and why it's necessary to have such a multi-disciplinary you know, um, disciplinary clinic like you do. No, of course. Um, well, as we all know, I mean, sickle cell disease is a hemoglobinopathy that, you know, changes the red blood cells, which are essential for hemoglobin and oxygenation. And when these cells change, they can affect various um, parts of the body, um, bone marrow, for instance, um, which leads to pain crises um, in various areas of the body. Um, but I'll concentrate in the chest where, you know, it can affect the pulmonary vasculature, cause possible spasms and symptoms that um, involve chest pain, shortness of breath, hypoxemia, um, which usually is diagnosed as acute chest syndrome. Um, I think the biggest problem with acute chest syndrome is, you know, is it inflammation? And if it's inflammation, is it inflammation that is typical of asthma? Because these patients right. have the same symptoms, right? They cough, they wheeze, they have hypoxemia, shortness of breath, and chest pain. And some may or may not respond to inhaled bronchodilators. And so in a lot of these young sickle cell patients, the real key is teasing out whether or not these patients with recurrent hospitalizations for, quote, acute chest, is it due to acute chest? Is it due to asthma? Is it due to a combination of both? It is helping yeah. helping the other. And so I think that that's the biggest kind of question that hasn't been looked at very you know rigorously. And that's kind of where, you know, we started to help and see yeah. and manage these patients. Well, what what is your opinion then, Doctor Singh? I mean, how 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 many patients are coming in, being diagnosed with acute chest syndrome, and it really is just asthma? I mean, do you do you think it's a significant number? I think um, from my limited experience, I would probably say maybe half. But a, a lot of it is teasing out a history of asthma. So, is there a strong family history, maternal and paternal history of asthma? Um, is there a significant response um, and improvement with inhaled bronchodilators or systemic steroids? Um, do PFTs or pulmonary function testing show bronchodilator reversibility that's typical in asthmatic patients? And do these patients have a lot of eczema or allergic rhinitis or atopy that can make asthma worse? And so half of my clinic visit for an initial evaluation is just really teasing that out and looking at the charts to see, you know, how they responded to medication when they were admitted for acute chest syndrome. And do they have yeah. breathing on exam? Do they have significant pulmonary function findings that would make me say, okay, why don't we trial um, a daily inhaled corticosteroid and see how you do? And, you know, I can with confidence say that um, my sickle cell colleagues have noted a decrease in hospitalizations for acute chest when I treat them aggressively for asthma. Now, am I oh, treating asthma? Yeah. Am I treating the acute chest? Who knows? Hmm, that's interesting, right? You mentioned the uh, pulmonary function test. How, how do you determine 
uh, you know, the source of the problem if, if the patient is just too young to undergo, right. you know, the PFT? What, what do you do in those cases? Right. So it's really the same kind of history and physical more than anything. So, you know, a few patients have chronic lung disease of prematurity, so that kind of almost sets them up to having asthma-like symptoms on top of their sickle cell disease. So, you know, sometimes, you know, half of it is just trying some medication that you treat for asthma and seeing what the response is. Are they coming to the hospital more often? Um, when they get a cold, are they coughing and wheezing and ending up being placed on a course of oral steroids, um, or do they actually respond to inhaled medication to the point where they have a cold and can be managed at home um, with no issues? So a lot of it is trial and error, a good history, a good physical exam, kind of just reviewing the chart to see if there are any patterns consistent with um, bronchodilator reversibility or treatment with asthma and whether or not they responded to that treatment. Let's talk about sleep apnea in, in the context of sickle cell. How often do you see it, and in, in, in what kind of role do you think it plays in sickle cell disease, and, and what are the challenges in, in treating you know, sleep apnea in young patients? I think that's a great question. Um, I, I tend to, the more I've been seeing these patients, I would say about maybe half. It's pretty frequent in terms of the occurrence of either sleep apnea symptoms frequent snoring, constant nasal congestion or mouth breathing, um, and large tonsils on exam. Um, and so, you know, usually I will either screen for a sleep study or start them on some medications such as a nasal steroid um, to help shrink those turbinates and possibly shrink those tonsils and help and, and just ask the parents, you know, is the snoring getting better? And if it's not, then I obtain yeah, a sleep yeah. study to see the, you know, how bad the obstruction is. Half the time, you know, some of these kids will be hypoxemic at night and just need some oxygen, and they do fine because of their sickle cell disease. And so <clears throat> I think screening with, you know, a good sleep questionnaire, you know, during the initial evaluation, trialing medications, getting a sleep, um, a sleep study or a polysomnogram um, can help tease these patients out. And, you know, best-case scenario, they need a little bit of oxygen. Um, more significant cases would involve an ENT evaluation for an adenotonsillectomy, which we've done on a few patients. Um, okay. You know, you have a really interesting um, clinic here, and it's known as a multidisciplinary pulmonary clinic. Kind of walk us through um, what might be a typical patient visit into your clinic. Um, and, sure. and exactly who is involved, um, what, what health what healthcare practitioners are going to see the patient at this visit and just kind of walk us through that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, um, one of the patients will get checked in. I usually come to the hematology clinic um, and just set up shop there. And um, usually one of our respiratory technicians to perform pulmonary function testing will also come along with one of their portable PFTs and kind of set up shop as well. Um, so usually they'll get checked in. Um, the nurse will see them first, uh, do intake, do medication reconciliation. And after that, usually our respiratory technician will grab them if they're old enough and do pulmonary function testing. Um, depending, you know, we usually see probably seven or eight patients in a half day. It's one half day a month. It's usually the fourth Tuesday. And so, you know, while that's going on, if there are any other patients that come in at the same time, you know, we kind of just talk amongst each other with myself, um, the hematologist, um, the nurse practitioners, and decide who gets to see who and when. Um, we usually do a preclinic huddle to decide, you know, who needs to see pulmonary more so than hematology. And then we kind of just 
go. And, you know, I would probably say it's a nice controlled chaos situation, um, <laughs> usually involving myself, hematology, and then when we're both, when we're all done seeing the patient, um, we'll constantly communicate each other, of, you know, what documents they need. I will usually prescribe the respiratory medication. Hematology will prescribe the rest. And um, I review PFTs with them. We go over an asthma action plan or a pulmonary action plan. If they're on inhaler medications, we review the techniques for inhaler medications with the respiratory technicians. And usually the patients um, go on their way yeah. um, after. So. And then after clinic, we have a post-clinic huddle just to talk about, you know, what we were thinking, when we need to follow up, what tests I need to get or what hematology needs to get in order to coordinate labs or other studies that might be needed. Okay. And this kind of approach, you know, how do the, how do the parents um, feel about it? Do they, is, is there a good feeling about the, the, the care of the patient and they like this kind of approach where they can come in and everything can get done at once? I mean, this must right. go over really well with everyone. Right, exactly. And, and you know, follow-up, you know, is difficult. And, and one of the main reasons is transportation um, and cost of transportation. And so a lot of families are just very thankful that it's almost a one-stop shop. You know, you can get your asthma or airway inflammation addressed as well as your sickle cell disease um, and anything else if you need to see nutrition, social work. Um, anybody else that can be seen in the multidisciplinary clinic is there. Um, yeah. And you can get labs drawn at the same time. So, no, they are really appreciative. I, I don't think we've gotten any negative feedback. I think it's all been very positive. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, when you hear about these types of clinics that are able to do everything in one day, um, right. cut down on the, on the patient visits, it makes, makes things easier. So, of course, it, it, when you hear about it, it makes sense. And it's like, why haven't we been doing this all along, right? And, uh, right, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Dr. Singh, I want to thank you for coming on the show today, and um, thank okay. you so yeah, much absolutely. for the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and thank you for the work that you're doing at Children's Mercy. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics of Children's Mercy, Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.